Francisco, 1967, the summer of love. It was utopia for young idealists from around the globe, including a young British model named Jenny Boyd. But Jenny was no stranger to the world. At the tender age of 19, she had already lived in Africa, England, and joined the Beatles on their famous trip to India with her sister and brother-in-law, George Harrison. Jenny was an established figure on the catwalks of Paris and, like her sister, amused for a rock star. But the summer of 1967 in San Francisco, even for Jenny Boyd, that was something new altogether. You mentioned San Francisco, so let's jump back for a second. Uh, I am from the Bay Area, and I know what all that that hippie world entailed. I was a baby at the time, but uh, I it lasted a very very long time. But you talk in the book about it being a very idealistic period when you first landed in San Francisco in the summer of love, or or closely there to the summer of love, and what Hate Ashbury was like. For those of us who just kind of recall kind of the dirty, angry hippie culture, it wasn't that in the beginning, was it? Not at all. So I arrived March, beginning of March or middle of March, and had no idea because we didn't have any kind of um, way of letting people know as we do now over the Internet. And so when I arrived, I was blown away because I just recently had my own sort of awakening and um, my needing to dig deeper and why we're here and what it's all about. And suddenly I'd arrived in this world where everybody was doing the same thing. And there I um, became part of that counterculture. And my friend had her shop in Grant Avenue. And so walking along mm-hmm. there, I think it was the second day I was in San Francisco, and um, it was just amazing to me seeing all these these guys. They all looked like Native Americans and nobody wore their shoes and they had headbands on and the women all looked gorgeous in long skirts and jingling bells. And, you know, nothing like that was going on in London. Um, and so I, uh, it was just, just one, just, it's that extraordinary thing about, being in the right place at the right time, but being drawn mm-hmm. to the right place at the right time for no, you, a reason you don't even know, and yet it fits absolutely. And, of course, the music was fantastic there. So we'd go to the Fillmore West and the Avalon and all those San Francisco bands and Janis Joplin singing and everybody. And Haight-Ashbury was great because it was a very creative time and the kind of people that were sitting around were you know, drawing or they were painting or they were making um, dream dream catchers or everything was very creative and the shops were very creative and great music coming into the streets. But um, but so when I asked that, I wrote to Patty and George and said, you have to come. <laughs> this is amazing. You're just going to love it. Well, by the time they came, it was the summer where everybody had been told to turn on, tune in, and drop out by Timothy Leary. All the cool hippies, the original ones, had gone to Muir Woods or they'd gone to Sotolito or, you know, they'd kind of gone out of the main part of, um, of like, Hate Ashbury, definitely, uh, with all its wonderful <laughs> idealism. And it was all these kids who'd come across from America, right across America, who'd, t- who'd dropped out. 
And they were sort of begging and they were sort of, you know, it was just a completely different attitude. And uh, and I felt terrible when we all, I <laughs> took them to hate Ashbury. And of course, we'd all had a little bit of acid just because they thought well, that's what you need to do to kind of connect. <laughs> and, uh, and it was awful. And because, you know, it was almost as if we were all going to get mobbed in the end. And um, Right. Because well, everybody recognized George and yeah. came after you, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we all <laughs> this, um, this panhandle where we all sat on this lovely bit of grass, and uh, and um, and everyone was going, "Oh, George, sing us a song, sing us a song, play us a chord. Come on, give us a chord." And somebody got a guitar, and George said, "No, no, no, you you play it." So some guy played his guitar and then gave it to George, and he said, "Okay, come on, give us some chords." And what he did was he got onto his guitar and he went C, G, E, and A. And then he gave it back and walked, got up, and we all thought we were going to be able to walk back along Haight-Ashbury to the limo because the limo wouldn't refuse to drive down Haight-Ashbury. And the crowd were angry. You know, their sort of hero had uh, been either very far out or he duped them. So, you know, so they they weren't sure. And so we were walking faster and faster to get into this limo. And I felt terrible. We got onto a Learjet and got into L.A. And, of course, I had to leave all my luggage behind. And, you know, it was all, the whole thing was very, um, not how I'd planned it. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, the B-side to text, prose, and rock and roll. Jenny's entire story can be heard in Jennifer Juniper, A Journey Beyond the Muse. It's available now wherever books are sold. Text, prose, and rock and roll is the only podcast dedicated to the written account of music, from artist memoirs to band bios, documentaries, and so much more. This is a book club that rocks, literally. Please follow us on Instagram and also consider subscribing to be among our VIP listeners. And yes, we do take requests. So join me, Chris Kosach, for a conversation you just won't get anywhere else on text, prose, and rock and roll.